last week talking on the subject of it matters. What I have found is this, is that what we value in life really determines how we live life, how we conduct ourselves, and what really is the most important thing. And so we began last week talking to you about some things that as a congregation, as a, as a group of believers, uh, that we hold and that we value. But not only is it something that we hold and value as a corporate entity, but we believe that each and every one of these values are also important in the life of those of us who call ourselves Christians. So would you take your Bibles today and go to the book of John, the third chapter. And as you're doing that, let me say hello to the campuses that are joining with us. I am grateful that you're with us today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries. And it is exciting week after week to join with you to know that God is doing great things there and that He is going to continue to do those as we go into the Word of God together. So let's get ready to receive what God has. Today in the book of John, the third chapter, I want to read to you probably, possibly, could be the most familiar verse of Scripture that there is that you have ever read. How many of you think you know what it is? John what? 316. That's it. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Last week we talked on the value of truth. This week we're talking on the value of, uh, we've called it outreach, but if you're taking notes today, maybe put it right out to the side of that people. All right? People. That, that's, that really is what's important. People are important. People matter. In fact, here's the deal. We value those who do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ and believe. We believe it with all of our heart that our purpose is to reach them. That's what John 3.16 says, that God came to this world. He sent His only begotten Son into this world so that this world could experience salvation. Turn over just another page there, John 4th chapter and the 35th verse, and, and it says this. Don't you have a saying? This is Jesus speaking. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Jesus is saying this. He's, he's talking to his disciples, but I think he's talking to us as well. And here's what he said. Just get your eyes up. How many of you know we can get really what I call in the navel gazing? You know, kind of all wrapped up in ourself, all right? But, but Jesus said, lift up your eyes, look on the field, look at people, look at their lives, look at what's happening, and know that the harvest is right now ready. One other verse before we get into the message today. The book of 2 Peter, the third chapter, and the ninth verse says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Now, how many of you believe God's kind of slow sometimes? Come on, tell the truth. Don't lie. Right? Those of you watching, just go ahead and hold your hand up. I, I, I just know that, that there are times that, that it just seems like God's a little slow showing up. Right? I, I know the song says He's always right on time, but sometimes His time and my time. Am I the only one? Sometimes my time and His time. He, you know, He's in that thousand days is as a year. I mean, a thousand years is as a day, and a day is as a thousand years. I'm into that one second's like a thousand years. All right, the Lord is not slow in keeping His promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you. I love that. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Now, I, I want to talk today on this subject about people. I, I, I want to I declare something to you. I want you to know that people are the most important thing on this planet. 
Not angels. Not puppy dogs. Not kitty cats. I know some of you struggle with that. People are the most important thing on this earth. And what we find is, is that we find that church sometimes has lost that understanding. In fact, what I found through the years is, is that a lot of times churches think that they are an institution there for themselves, not understanding that they are there for people. That if people don't show up, if people don't come, then there's no reason to exist. Jesus said it this way. He said, I didn't come to those who were well. I didn't come to those who had it all together. Aren't you glad? Am I the only one? I mean, I'm kind of thrilled about that uh, because I'm, I'm one of those guys that I don't have it all together. Don't come asking me and don't go ask my wife. All right? But I don't have it all together. He said, I didn't come for the well. I didn't come for those who had it all together. He said, I came for those who were hurting. I came for those who needed a physician. I came uh, to make a difference in the life of those who need my help. That's why Jesus Christ came to this earth. It was for people. That's why, let me, let me just kind of blow it up this morning. That's what the church exists for. The church does not exist for any reason, listen to me, for any reason except people it's not a stage to perform on the church is not about music the church is not about teaching the church is about people and what I have found is is that in everybody's life we all have needs in our life in fact when you begin to study it from a psychological perspective you find that everybody has three types of needs in their life and what we know is is that when people show up at church in fact let me say it this way if you're a business owner or uh, if you're in some kind of profession what I'm going to talk about today will work not just for church but it'll work in your life it'll work in your business if you're a salesperson or whatever you can take these same principles I'm talking about this morning and take them and use them uh, in your everyday life to work through uh, how to be better, how to be more successful, and how to make a difference in more people's lives. So what are the three needs that everybody brings to church when they show up? Well, we say, well, they, they, you know, they need this, they need, no, no, three types of needs. Number one is the motivating need. The motivating need is the reason that they attended church. I, I read a thing the other day, I read a, a, a study that had been done in America and they, they interviewed thousands of people who did not go to church. Now think about this, friend. They interviewed thousands of people who did not go to church. And they said, what would it take for you to go to church? What, what do we have to do to get you there? We've got to give you money. Uh, you know, got to hold a gun to your head. Boy, y'all are a tough bunch. You know, what is it that we've got to do? Do you know what? Over 50% of them said, if I had a friend or a family member who would invite me to go with them to their church, I would go. No, you didn't hear me. Do you realize the people that you're in relationship that by next week every love and truth church could double just if you ask two or three people that you are already in relationship with? Wow, it gets quiet in this good church. The motivating why they go the, the second need is heartfelt needs and we'll talk about these more in a minute heartfelt needs the reason that they'll come back to church the motivating need gets them there but the heartfelt need is what brings them back and I want to tell you all of us have heartfelt needs and then lastly is what we refer to as the life fulfillment needs the reason they, they will commit to a church or the reason they will commit 
to a business. In your life, uh, there, are, there, are, there are places that you go week after week because it meets a need in your life. It's a business. It's a place of, you know, that, that serves chicken or whatever it is, but you keep going back because they're meeting some kind of a need. There's that life fulfillment need in your life. Now, let's, let's kind of break it down. Let's talk about the motivating need. You say, Pastor, uh, this, this sounds more like, uh, you know, a seminar on how that I can achieve great things in life. Well, do you realize that every truth, it doesn't matter what the truth is, finds its root in the Word of God? You know, we talked last week about truth, that the Word of God is truth, that it is the highest truth that there is, and that we base everything upon the Word of God. And so as we look at this this morning, what we find is, is that there are motivating needs in everybody's life. And, and I want you to see this today. Everyone who attends church, everybody who shows up at church are there because they have a need that they cannot meet. There's a reason, listen to me, there's a reason you showed up this morning. Now, some of you kids may say, my mama made me. That'll change one day in your life, hopefully. Uh, but but there's, there's a reason that you can't. There's, there's this need in our life. Uh, that, that motivating need is one of those things that we, we don't take a lot of attention to in the church. A lot of times we get so busy and, and, and we're trying to do things that we don't realize that people, when they show up, they've got a need. You know what? When people got out of their car today and, and shut that door and, and walked through our doors, they had a need. There was a reason that they were here. They were, there was a reason they showed up. Uh, years ago, when I first went into ministry, Sherry and I uh, were privileged to work in a church in Memphis for three and a half years. And uh, then in 1984, I, I took the first church that I pastored in Adamsville, Tennessee, a little small congregation we started there, wonderful people. And I can remember, it seems like it was probably in the first year. We weren't very large. And I remember on a Sunday morning that, that we had guests come. And it was a, it was a, a young couple, well-known in the area, a very sharp young couple. It seemed like they had it all together. And uh, made sure, that, you know, everybody wanted to make sure that day pastor met these people and I talked to them. And, um, but it was one of those services, and if you've ever gone to church, just go with me for a minute. It was one of those services that we probably didn't give it our best. It, you understand what I'm saying? It, you know, we, we kind of thought, well, we, you know, we got next week coming up, and we kind of just phoned it in. We, did, we didn't go all out. We, didn't, it, 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 we just kind of, you know, I, I use the term, we kind of played through that service. Uh, we didn't really get passionate about Jesus. We didn't really go after uh, salvation that day and all of this. And, um, and so I, the, the next week I got a phone call about midweek and, and somebody said, Pastor, you remember so-and-so and named this young man that had been there. And again, if, if you were to have looked at that couple that day, you would have said, this couple has everything. They, they've got it all. There's nothing missing in their life. And they said, Pastor, uh, you, you know, so-and-so is there. And I said, yeah, you know, do I need to call them? Do I need to go by? And, you know, it was one of those kind of things. What do I do? And they said, no, Pastor, I need to tell you that that gentleman committed suicide today. And it was in that moment that my whole world shifted. And I'll be honest with you, for the last 30 years, I've been haunted by that moment. Not in a negative sense, but that I know that every time that I stand before a congregation, I may never get that opportunity again to speak to that person. I may only have one shot, and I don't know, I don't know that day what that man's motivating me. I don't know why he showed up at the church that I was passing. There were a lot of churches a lot bigger than the church I was passing, but he showed up at our church, and I've wondered, did we miss his need that day? And is that why his life ended in such a tragic way? And so every time that I show up, my thought is, wait a minute, we get one shot. We get one opportunity to meet people right where they're at, 
whatever they're going through, and to let them know that there is a God who cares about them more than anybody on this planet and that God is concerned about their lives and what it is that they have brought to this service. And I want to tell you today, I don't know who you are or who's listening to me, but I want to tell you whatever you're going through today, whatever you are experiencing today, I promise you that there is a God who is concerned about the smallest aspect of your life. In fact, the Bible says that He even has the number of hair on your head. He knows what it is. He is that intimately involved with you. And I want to tell you today, whatever you're experiencing, whatever's happening in your life, I want you to know that God cares about you. But I want to go one step further. I want you to know that there are church people, there are men and women in churches all around this area who also care about what's happening in your life. That's the motivating need. The, the second aspect of that is their perceived needs got to be important to us. We, we've got, we, we can't be so caught up in our routine and what we've got going. In, in fact, I'll tell you that, it'll work in your business. If all you're concerned about is getting your product out and doing your thing and, and, and making things happen, I promise you, you, you won't have a successful business. But if people come in and their need is important to you, it, it will make a difference. Have, have you ever been in, in a situation where, where you felt uncomfortable? Have you ever gone into a place, maybe, have you ever gone to church? I ask that sometimes. How many of you know going to church sometimes a little, little intimidating, a little whatever? Um, yesterday, I, I had the opportunity to be in, in, a, in an intimidating environment yesterday. Um, I am not a techie kind of guy, all right? Just, just write that down. I still have an iPhone that's a 3G. Any of you that know, I think we're in the 28th one now. I'm, I'm in 3G, all right? It still texts. It still answers. That's all I care. But yesterday, we had a computer that all this lightning last week, we had a computer uh, at the Apple store in Memphis, and, and Pastor Brad, I, he, he was tied up, and I said, I'll go get it. Said, I've got the afternoon free. My wife is not around, so I'll go get it. And, um, and so I go over there. Have you ever been to the Apple store? Anybody ever been to the Apple store? I hate that place. <laughs> and my son works for Apple out in California. I hate that place. I mean, my son-in-law. My son-in-law. I hate that. Well, here's, here's why. I feel like an imbecile when I walk in. There's all these 18-year-olds and 20-something-year-olds, and they're playing on this stuff, and they got all they, they can they can flip through that stuff and do all that, and and, and they go, uh, "What are you here for?" I go, "I don't know." <laughs> I said, "Brad sent me," and they kind of looked at me like, "Brad sent you? Who's Brad?" You know, they're looking around trying to find Brad in the crowd. And, and, uh, and I said, here, and, and he sent me a text, and I said, here, and they looked at it, oh, this is what you need. So, but I felt so out of place. You know what? Sometimes people walk into church, and if we're not careful, we got all the lingo, praise the Lord, brother. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. I've been doing this all, I don't know what, praise the Lord, brother. I mean, am I supposed to just break out and praise right then? You know, get my groove on right there in the foyer. I mean, what? Hmm. Yeah, I got to stop. Because <laughs> I really want to go there, but I'm not. 
the, the result of meeting somebody's motivating need is that they return. The, the, that guest returns to a church, that person returns. To a business person, that person comes back to your business. So, so there's this whole aspect uh, of, of a guest returning back to us, okay? So that, that's the aspect that, that we need to understand today. What, what we need to go through, though, is, is understanding that that's, that's kind of the, the first level in people's life. The second level are, are what we call uh, the four universal heartfelt needs. How many of you know there are just some things that you just feel, right? Just, you can't really put your hand on it or can't really explain it, but you just kind of feel. Everybody has heartfelt needs, uh, and they're looking for a relationship. They're looking uh, for some place that can meet that need so that they can be fulfilled. And I want to give you four of those heartfelt needs that everybody has. Number one is the need to be accepted. The need to be accepted. Everybody wants to be accepted. I don't, listen, it doesn't matter. I, you know, I've, I've gone in the city, I've gone into church. Let me just use church for a minute. I've gone into church and I didn't know the dress code. You know what I mean? You know, everybody had on suits and ties and fedoras and walking canes. I, come on, go with me. Just work with me a minute, all right? Wasn't quite that bad, but it almost was. And, you know, and I showed up in a pair of jeans and a, my shirt tail out. It was like, ooh, I'm in the wrong place here. Right? Uh, you know, ev everybody kind of was looking at you like, what are you doing here? You know what? People just need to be accepted. If they know the lingo, fine. If they don't know the lingo, fine. They just need to be accepted. I, I want to talk to you for a minute. Hear me, church people. Hear me, people who know Jesus, and you've been in a relationship with Jesus for a hundred years. Let me talk to you for a minute. You have forgotten what it was like to come into church. You go so often that it's just commonplace to you. But understand, there are people who walk into our buildings that it's with fear and trembling they come in. Because they don't know what to expect. They've heard some things. They've been told all kind of stuff, and they're just looking for somebody to accept them. The second heartfelt need is the need to be appreciated. Everybody wants to be appreciated. You say, oh, it doesn't matter to me if anybody, oh, yes, it does. In fact, let me do marriage counseling. Start appreciating one another a little bit more. Start telling each other thank you a little bit more. Start bragging on one another a little bit more. And don't just do it because you want something. Lord, I really want to try to go down that road, but I won't. All right? Just, just learn to be a priest. In the church, in the, in the kingdom of God or in your business, again, whatever you're doing, people just need to know that they're appreciated. They, they don't need to feel like they're, they're just a number to you. They need to know they're appreciated. Number three is this. They need to be needed. Amen? Uh, you know, that's why connect groups are so important. It's great as churches grow and, and get larger and larger and larger uh, that, that you can kind of just slide in and, ooh, isn't it good? I just slide in and slide out. Well, that's okay for a season, but you really need to be needed. And the only way that you can be needed is if you're known. 
And one of the great ways of getting on is to get into a group, get into a ministry, become involved in I serve, do something where, where that there's a connection there with a team or, or with a group where, where you've got a relationship. Why? Because out of that, you begin to experience the need. It's, it's like this morning, uh, all of our Love and True churches, there are all kind of people doing ministry. Every one of them are needed. And it feels good to be needed. Number four is this, the need to belong. Everybody wants to belong. Everybody wants to go somewhere where everybody knows their name. <laughs> Just seeing if you're staying with me. Just seeing if you're still on board or maybe you kind of shifted off on that last train there, okay? Uh, this is not cheers, but everybody needs to belong that's why people join the kiwanis club that's why people join the elks lodge that's why people join the moose lodge they want to belong you need to belong there's there's a body you need to belong to and the new testament the word of god talks about one another over 50 times talks about exhorting one another talks about to pray for one another. talks about let's encourage one another that's when you belong that's when you are part of something that is bigger than yourself you know what the result of that is? If, if we can meet those heartfelt needs in people's lives, they will be retained. In a church setting, they'll be retained as attenders. In, in your world, in your circle, in your group, uh, whatever it is, in, in the, the life that you are living, they'll be retained in your world. There are people that have exited. Listen to me. There are people who have exited your life because they were not appreciated. Wow, I just got quiet. The reason a marriage breaks down is because somebody stop, stops appreciating somebody. You said, oh, no, pastors, it was because that there was an affair. Well, let me, let me, can I deal with that? Why do you think it happened if you were appreciative of the relationship you had? Well, don't shout too loud. Well, I lost this business person. I lost that situation. I lost that job. I lost this. Why? A lot of times it's simply because we're not meeting the heartfelt need of the person that we're connected with. The last thing is what's, what's referred to as life fulfillment needs. And, and here's, here's how people kind of uh, fix that and say that this way. Here's what they'll say. Since I've been at this church, number one is my life has purpose. I, I want to tell you. My, my responsibility week in and week out is to help you to find the purpose that you have in life. And I want to tell you, so I don't know what my purpose is. I want to tell you, everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a destiny. Everybody has been created in the image and in the likeness of God, and God has a purpose for your life. And so if we can help you as a, as a church, as an entity, if we can help you find that purpose in your life, then you will begin to live out. In fact, here's, here's what I will tell you. I'll tell business guys, listen to me. Those of you who own businesses or you have people who work under you here, pastor, real carefully, if you will help people find their purpose, they will be loyal to you they will stick with you in fact they will pass up better paying jobs if you help them find their purpose in life why because everybody is trying to find what is it in my life that I am supposed to do in the kingdom of God what is it that we are supposed to do how do we go forward to fulfill our purpose number two is my life has direction uh, aren't you glad to know where you're going 
You're not just wandering around. You're not just out here in the ozone somewhere kind of going, well, you know, I hope one of these days I make it. No, there, there's life. There's direction. We're going somewhere. We're doing something. Listen, God has given you a direction in life. The Bible gives you some of that direction. The Holy Spirit comes along and gives you the rest of that direction. And so you can know what it is. So my life has direction. Thank God for GPS. Some of you need to buy GPS or you'll have... No, I'm kidding. But we need direction in our life. Number three is my life has improved. Since I've been part of this group, since I've been part of this company, since I've been part of this church, since I've been part of the kingdom of God, my life has improved. I tell our pastors all the time, if people are with you two years or longer and their lives are not better, we're not doing our job. Now, I didn't say that everything was wonderful. I said that we are helping them to move into everything. Now, listen, don't blame it on us if you don't take our advice. Amen? But we will give you truckloads of hands-on tools to help your life to be better than it is right now and to improve. And number four is, my life has value. Wow. Let's think about that for a minute before I wrap this up. Do you know what? Do you know how valuable you are? Do you realize that you have more value than the greatest diamond mine in Africa? Do you know that there's more value in you than all the gold and the silver that's still buried in the ground? You say, Pastor, how can you say that? Because Jesus came for you. Jesus gave his life for you. Jesus came for one purpose, and that was because he saw the value. The Bible says it this way, despising the shame but looking to the glory. You know what the glory was? The glory wasn't heaven. The glory was you and I. He looked and saw you sitting there today with your life transformed, and he said, that is more valuable to me than anything else on this planet. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel pretty good to know that I have value. So many of us have been told we're not valuable. We live lives where life is so cheap. I want to tell you, we have denigrated life in our society. It's it's just, people have just wiped away. We, We don't even think about how precious life really is. I want to tell you, the spark that brings life into existence is the most valuable thing that happens on this planet. And you are alive. You are valuable. I don't care what that ex-husband told you. I don't care what that third grade teacher said to you. It doesn't matter to me what somebody else did in a moment of anger and what the words were that were spoken over you. I want you to hear me today. Your heavenly Father values you. He values you so much that he sent his only begotten son into this world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. You're valuable. Some of you need to start, and I've said this before, but some of you need to start standing before the mirror every day and saying what the word of God says about you, and that is you need to say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Because the value has been stripped from your life. And all of those things that God said about you, other people have taken out of your life. 
And I want to tell you today, here, Pastor, if you don't hear anything else I've said in this whole sermon, hear me today, you are valuable. God places the highest value on you and your life than anything upon this planet. Now, here's what I'll show you. The result of meeting those needs is this. People will invest in the church that gives them fulfillment. Let me take it another step. People will invest in the business. People will invest in the career. People will, whatever it is in your, people will invest in that place that gives them fulfillment. Now, let me, let me, let me just share with those of you who are believers today. Let me kind of wrap it up talking to you just for a moment. We have some responsibilities. If what I've said is true, then we've got four responsibilities that I want to close with. Number one is this, is that number one responsibility is we need to create a safe place. Church needs to be a safe place. I asked you earlier, you ever gone to church? I've gone to church before and felt worse after I left than when I got there. I've gone to church before not needing to be condemned because I was already feeling condemned. And all I got that day was they beat the stew out of me. Told me how bad I was. I knew how bad I was. You didn't have to tell me. Oh, help me. You didn't have to tell me all my sins. I knew them better than you did. All I needed was somebody to come along and say, you know what? Though your sins are as scarlet, his blood will make them whiter than snow. That's creating a safe environment. That it doesn't matter, listen to me, it doesn't matter your lifestyle, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter if you're wealthy or if you're poor, if you're rich, you're, you're not rich, if you've got great education, you don't have any education, you're black, you're white, you're Hispanic, it doesn't matter. The church is a place of safety. That's our responsibility as believers. Number two is, is that we need to make all guests important. Everybody that walks through the door needs to feel important. Everybody needs a smile. Everybody needs a handshake. Everybody just needs somebody to say, you know what? I am glad you are here. I am thankful that you are a part of this day. I, am, I just want you to know that I am thankful that you showed up today. We had a consultant in a while back to this local assembly here, and, um, and he watched everything we did. And the next morning he met with us, and he said, you know what? He said, every fast-growing church I deal with, and he deals with mega churches across America. He said, every church that I deal with that's, that's growing, he said, they've got great greeting and hosting and all that. He said, but I saw something in your church yesterday that's unusual. He said, here's what I saw. He said, your church doesn't just greet the pretty people. Now, I was glad because I knew what category I was going to fall into in that. All right. He said, I watched. He said, I sat in your foyer before every, and after every service. And he said, I watched your church people as they went out of their way. To, it didn't matter what they looked like. It didn't matter if they looked like they had money. They didn't have. He said, everybody that walked through the door was greeted the same way. And I just want to tell you, whether that's this house or all love and truth house, my hat is off to all of you because that is what we are called to do. And that's what we are supposed to do is to make everybody feel important. Amen. Number three is to create a friendly environment. If you ask any church in America, are you friendly, guess what they say? Well, of course we're friendly. What that means is, is that we are friendly to each other. We talk to people we already know, 
right? Our responsibility, hear me, our responsibility. You ever been to Walmart? Come on, you ever been to Walmart? Got that little guy out there, little gal out there? Welcome to Walmart. That's your job. You say, I'm not part of the greeting team. I don't care. I'm not an I serve team member. I don't care. Your job is welcome to love and truth, not Walmart. All right? Create a friendly environment. Go out of your way. Meet people. Talk to them. Ask them questions. Get involved in their life. That's our responsibility. That's your responsibility if you're a business owner too, by the way. Number four is this. Minister to their needs. Take just a moment. Sometimes we get so busy, and I'm, I'm the world's worth. I'm a type A personality. I'm highly driven. And I'm, I'm the kind of guy that can walk past a disaster to get to an appointment. I know the rest of you are that way, just me, I'm sure. And yet people just need to know that their needs are important. Hey, do you really care what I'm going through? I want you to hear me today. I want Love and Truth Churches to be a place that people matter. Not perfect people. In fact, maybe we need to put a big sign out front that says, No perfect people allowed. I think we'll have a pretty good crew showing up. But I'm not interested in perfect people. Jesus isn't interested in perfect people. So I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what's happening in your world. But here's what I do know. God thinks more of you than anything else he has created. You are the first priority in his world. And I want to encourage you with that today, that no matter what's happening in your world right now, you matter. You matter to God, and you matter to the people who we call Love and Truth Church.